Hey everybody, welcome to Buzzing About Romance. I am Becky, and joining me for this episode is Leah. Hi, Leah. Hi. And Jenny. Hey, Jenny. Hi, Becky. And Amanda. Hey, Amanda. Hello. Um, okay, we were talking a little bit before, but I had a great reading week. How was your reading week? Yeah. It's okay. You should just do what Jenny really... does and only read the books I tell you to read. Well, I honestly, work was crazy. I got a new computer at work, so I had to set that up and it is not a good, it's not fun. And so like I read some backlist stuff because like I just was not in the mental headspace for new things, but I did read a couple of new books that were very good. Um, what about you, Amanda? How was your reading week? Uh, slow. I just, I haven't really been reading that much new stuff. I'm still just kind of backlist binging here and there, but yeah, not a lot of new stuff. Not a lot of new work stuff. Things. I saw your yeah. thing on tr- threads about how oh, yeah. you're, I'm going to read all the new authors. How many books are you into the Intel world of Aurora Rose Reynolds? All of them. Oh, I finished that. And then I did the two spinoff for Ruby Falls. I did. And then I did um the other spinoff for the for clay's brothers so i'm I'm all caught up with all of that now oh my gosh so then i have to go back and there's a i'm gonna do the wide open spaces next okay have you read that assumption and all of those yeah i did those last year okay i love those books um jenny how was your reading week um it was all right i read like a book and a half there you go that on top of school and children that it's finally february my God, it is finally February. After 7,000 days of January, it is finally February. I, I swore the month was never going to end. They never and now February will be over before you know it. Jenny's kids didn't There's go to school. There's 29 days in February, oh. though, this year. So, um, Okay, so new term of the week. We're back with terms of the week. Uh, of the week. Each week, we're going to go over a romance book term. Some of you might be familiar with these. Others might not be. So... Romance term of the week this week. Kink. In the context of romance books, the term kink refers to a non-traditional or unconventional sexual preference or desire that deviates from the conventional norms. It can involve a wide range of activities, fantasies, or behaviors that may be considered outside the mainstream or typical expression of romantic or sexual relations. Kink can vary wildly and may include elements such as BDSM, um role-playing fetishism and other forms of erotic exploration in romance exploring characters with different kinks can add a complexity to the story and provide a more uh, nuanced portrayal of relationships authors may incorporate kink to depict character sexual preferences desires and the dynamic of their intimate connections it's important to note that the portrayal of kink in romance books can vary in terms of explicitiveness with some books delving deep into the exploration of unconventional desires, while others may only touch upon them in more subtler manners, AKA porn without plot. Mm-hmm. Um, so that is kink. That is what we mean when we say this book has kink. Mm-hmm. Was that good? You're welcome, everybody, for that definition. But also... We unlock new kinks this week, and we were unaware of. Uh, Savage Little Games inspired this week's term of the week. (laughs) Um, Okay, so what are we talking about this week? We're talking about a delightful topic this week. I spiced up our intro. Oh, did you? How? I did. In this installment of Buzzing About Romance, we are diving headfirst into the charisma of chaos with discussing some of our favorite villains, morally ambiguous figures, and anti-hero characters. Discover what attracts us to these complex personas and why they play a unique role in the narratives we love. So people, we are talking morally gray, the anti-hero, and the villain. And apparently Jenny has a villain in her room right now while she's recording <laughs> as she gives him all the side eye. It's just the dog. It's not a villain. It's the pups. <laughs> oh God. Look, I spiced up the intro. Did you like that? I did like that. Okay. See? Freshen things up. 2024 is the year. We're going to make things spicy. Um, okay. Let's talk about the difference between the three. Okay. Yes, please. Um, 
Okay, so Vil- I was confused for like yes, I had issues. I wrote basically a dissertation for you. I know. And then I am very much a rule follower. It was like, oh my gosh, it doesn't fit neatly in the box. Um boxes Same. are just they're like suggestions. Guidelines. Seriously, Jenny. <laughs> have you learned nothing from this podcast? <laughs> Rules and boxes are suggestions. Okay. I'm good. Um, did my descriptions left, confuse you, Amanda? No, they didn't confuse me, but I think I just, before you put the descriptions down, I, I had like a big list and then I was, you know, I, I had to change, think. I had to change what categories I had them in, in my original list. So that's fair. That I it. didn't even read your descriptions. You never do, which is why <laughs> this works really well. Why, when Leah and I are on an episode together, it's just usually a mess. We make our own rules. We do. Okay, so a villain, in the context of this episode, the hero villain in a romance is the character with shades of gray challenging traditional notions of heroism. The narrative typically explores their journey of self-discovery, redemption, and the power of love to transform them, even the most morally complex individuals. Difference between a hero who is a villain and an anti-hero. An anti, uh, or a hero villain is a character with a mix of heroic and villainous traits who has to have the redemption, while an anti-hero lacks many conventional heroic qualities and may not necessarily transform or seek redemption throughout the narrative. Both character types challenge traditional notions of heroism, but they do so in different ways so what i mean by this is that a villain is gonna have a redemption arc right mm-hmm. That's, that was my problem i was like this guy did not redeem himself then he, he is an anti he is staying He's an anti-hero. anti-hero anti-heroes do not care about your redemption they are going to keep doing what they do and they are non-traditional so if we think about it in generalities, many of the mafia heroes and probably most of the motorcycle club heroes or even heroines, because I have a couple mm-hmm. of heroines, are going to fall in the anti-hero versus the villain. Yeah. So morally gray heroes, anti-heroes, and hero villains all share a common thread of moral complexity, but there are subtle distinctions in how each archetype characterizes. Morally gray. A morally gray hero operates in a moral middle ground, making decisions that may be ethically questionable or challenging conventional norms. I think, personally, and if you haven't read these books yet, I am still not sure what is wrong with you. (laughs) <laughs> the best, best example of a morally gray hero are Renna Morgan's Men of Haven. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And Jenny hasn't read that- them. So seriously, I'm giving you a deadline, Jenny. You are going to get kicked out. We cannot be besties anymore. I mean, she knows that's not true. She knows it's not true because who's going to drink deck margaritas with me? (laughs) That's true because she doesn't have to travel far to get to you. Um, The morally gray hero, their actions are often driven by a sense of protagonism, personal beliefs, or a willingness to make tough choices for the greater good. So think Robin Hood. Robin Hood is morally gray. But Robin Hood is also an anti-hero. Mm. because he doesn't stop okay i feel like most most not all but most of the morally grays are also anti-heroes but sometimes the morally gray is more of a like characteristic of them than the anti-heroism yeah okay in anti-hero an anti-hero lacks many conventional heroic qualities and may engage in morally ambiguous or even morally reprehensible behavior like kidnapping holding hostages threatening to shoot you 
Um, these are not typical good guys. Antiheroes are often driven by personal goals, self-interest, or a disregard for societal norms. Their actions may be morally justified by traditional standards. Um, and then the villain. A hero villain combines both heroic and villainous qualities, creating a character with complex moral makeup. They may have committed morally questionable acts, but also exhibit traits associated with redemption. Uh, motivation often driven by conflicting desires or internal struggles. Hero villains may seek redemption for past actions leading to a transformation over the course of the narrative. Um, in essence, a morally gray hero operates within the gray era area of morality, but still adheres to some ethical principles. An anti-hero rejects traditional heroism and may engage in morally questionable behavior without necessarily seeking redemption. Meanwhile, the villain possesses both heroic and villainous traits, undergoing a redemption arc that challenges the transformation for their moral standing. Each Archetype contributes to a nuanced exploration of morality, character development, and storytelling. Okay. Did I make that clear? Clear as mud, right? So, why do you like these characters? Why do you keep reading them, Leah? Because they are delightful. Because honestly, they're not people that I... They're not the type of people that I deal with in my everyday life. Like, there are the jerks in, like, my everyday life, but, like they they're so far out of the realm of my reality that like it just it takes me out of reality when i read these characters and honestly like nine times out of ten these guys are the assholes and we all know i love to read an asshole you do love an asshole what about you amanda what is it about these types of characters that keeps you reading them because you have quite a list i, I do um but i think it's the same as lee i do like an asshole um I will, I will pick one up. I mean, there's a certain time where I'm in the mood for one and I'll read them and then I read a lot. Um, I'll kind of binge that type. And mm -hmm. I think it's probably similar that, you know, it kind of takes me out of reality because I don't really know people like that in real life. But I mean, I also think they're very dynamic a lot of times, you know, just there's usually like a push and a pull and just you know, something that just kind of keeps me coming back, I guess. Yeah. What about you, Jenny? Because this is kind of not in your safe realm. Not so much. <clears throat> but especially we pushed if you into this circle. Right. Especially if they're like a dominant person, like in the relationship, I struggle with it. But um, I think part of the reason I'm attracted to these type of heroes is because if I had unlimited funds in a network of people, I would probably be morally gray anti-establishment <laughs> no i see that i think for me what it is about these stories is typically these stories are dynamic and we see really great character development i mean it is easy to identify how their arc moves it's easy to see like you can't do that. And how is she going to be okay with that? And I think that it takes, especially some of these authors that write in these gray, black worlds, that they create such a dynamic that you think, oh, okay, this really could contemporarily happen. Like, especially if I think if we use the Menahaven as like kind of the picture there for a little bit, there could be a group of guys that kind mm -hmm. of have that found family vibe that are doing what they need to do to be successful, but protecting the people around them. I think a part of it, though, too, is like these are such strong personalities and it never fails that their heroines cut them off at their knees and you see such a different side to them. Like they can be a really hard person with everybody except for those females or males or whoever their significant other might be who really like see a completely different side to them and it shows their humanity like there are these morally gray villains but they still are these softies in the right moments 
Do you, so this is something that I know some people have struggled with with these types of um, protagonist is that often the counter protagonist is going to have some too stupid to live vibes because not all of my suggestions are male. I do have a couple of females characters that um, are morally gray that are villains or are antiheroes. Um, so overall, would you say more times than not, the heroine is kind of that, too stupid to live or is she more like Leah says like willing to cut him at the knees you know to rein him in I think a lot of mine are willing to cut him at the knees I think my picks tend to be both strong characters when the hero is more morally gray or a villain and that type of thing um I, I mean I have some that where they're a little bit maybe wishy-washy to begin with, but the majority of mine are strong counterparts as well. What about you, Jenny? Do you think that... I think most of them need to be, like, a very strong character in their own right, like, free, meat, whatever that may be. Yeah. Um, kidnapping, coffee, spilled, whatever. Um... <clears throat> But I think sometimes the like innocent, happy person can um, kind of be like a catalyst for maybe more of the villain or the morally gray characters. Wouldn't you well, say? Because like in that one Neva Alta book, she is like this sunshiny person, and she has too stupid to live vibes, but she's not, and like he is. He's definitely an anti-hero. Well, the Michelle Heard one where um, captured by the sinner, mm -hmm. it's survival. And that's the yeah. other piece that I think goes hand in hand with these book. There is always an element of survival, that the survivors are at the end. That's who's getting the HEA is those who can climb out, overcome, and move forward in this world that is, you know, dark and gritty and mm -hmm. violent. Um, and while none of us are living, you know, mafia Vegas, there is some hope to the idea of surviving, right? Right. Like I said earlier, I'm a rule follower, but I mean, there comes an instance where like you got to throw the rules out the window and that's kind of part of all of these is like, hmm, this might be a circumstance where following the rules is not an option. Yeah. Um, and I don't think any of us really read bully romances. And I mean, I'll dabble in them, but they're not my forte. I do think you tend to see a lot more of villain characters in the bully styled romances because they will get the redemption. Like, mm -hmm. there are subtle changes to their behaviors, at least in my experience. Um, Amanda, what is it about the asshole, the antihero, the morally gray, the villain that keeps you coming back? What is it about these characters that you're like, give me? I mean, and I am not to say my husband is not, you know, morally gray or an anti-hero or whatever but he is a bit of an asshole and um same and i like it so it's <laughs> <I like it. laughs> so i mean deep-seated i mean at, at at my core i think that's just what i'm attracted to <laughs> <Same>. <laughs> um what about you for you leah what is it that keeps you coming back to these books I just I don't know there's just something about the way the authors write these characters that they're just they pull me in and refuse to let me go and I'm like yeah I'm gonna keep reading that I always think and everyone thinks that like I know that there are people that feel that mafia or this darker romance can have kind of a formula to it like they're all the same I don't think so mm -hmm. like we had that experience this week yeah. It was a wild freaking ride. Yeah. 
And I was like, what's happening now? And I think that we even get that a little bit with morally gray characters, too, is that there are, like, I think of Kylie Kent's the second gen in the Valentino family. Mm -hmm. Those guys are definitely more morally gray than they are true antiheroes. Mm-hmm. Um, but each book is a wild ride. Yeah. Like you're not sure where you're coming from and where you're going. Well, and she's one of those examples where she creates this world and she's like, has been in this world for a while, but like you read the cousins, you read the siblings, you read like the outskirts of it. And none of the stories, like they might have similar themes in them because they are the same family, but none of the stories are the same. Like the one cousin, she has a one night stand with a Russian dude that like, she's not supposed to like, and they end up getting pregnant. And it's like, but she ends up like stabbing him because she's supposed to be killing him. But it, and it's like, but it's this wild ride of chaos, but it was so good. So, so good. I agree. Um, and I also feel like there's enough twists and turns that they give us in these books mm-hmm. that even though you might think, I know how this is going to end, it doesn't always, always end exactly always. the way you think it is. What were you going to say, Amanda? I said not always. Not Sorry. always. <laughs> I also think if for those that love romantic suspense, this is romantic s- suspense, but really crazy over-the-top protectors and not so much rule followers. But you yeah, find- I mean, you see that too in romantic expense. Mm-hmm. Like even with like when you get the security firms, they're usually no longer working for the government. They're off on their own and they're kind of, you know, breaking the rules a little bit. I mean, maybe partially sanctioned, but, you know, there's, there's a little bit of morally gray in a lot of those. Because I honestly like Zane, like he's more villain than really anything. He's not on my list, but he definitely is a villain. He's definitely morally gray. I don't know about, I wouldn't call him a villain. I would because he's Does he he have a redemption arc? Does he have a redemption arc? Does he seek redemption? Not really. No, I would say maybe anti-hero. Then he's an anti-hero. If there's no redemption arc for him. I don't think he's a villain. If he doesn't change. That's true. He doesn't change. He is... He is one way. I mean, he does change for his heroine, but that would be about the only time. Yeah, but not not how he does things, really. It's true. So, no, I would say more like great anti-hero. Um, and so good point brought up is that these character types are possessive oh, yeah. of their partner. There's absolute touch-her and die vibes, um, you know, touch touch him and she will cut you because i'm trying to think of there's one of the neva altas i know mm-hmm. we get it in michelle heard a couple of times where yeah like you touch he's my man you look at him and well it's you kind of get that with jill ramsauer like in silent lies like she has that vibe too she does she does you get that she... in the adelaide forest the beauty and lies series as well you know i didn't even delve into that heaven and hell series when i went looking for heroes anti-villains oh, i didn't even think about those ones they're all morally gray yeah but i'm thinking of like the one that's the hitman one. Oh yeah he's a villain because he does have a redemption arc you know he stops giving her drugs to sleep with her anyway those would be good ones i didn't even think about those those ones. books are not for you too Jenny and Amanda, those books are not not. for you. (laughs) Um, You know, I will push you outside of your (laughs) comfort zone, uh, but those are not books for you. Neither one. Um, Okay, so (laughs) these characters tend to have real life red flags, but they're green flags in our romance. Yep. What are some of the red flags that are green flags for us in our romance? I mean, stalking Multiple weapons. What did you say, Jenny? <laughs> Multiple weapons on them at yeah. all times. Oh, all the time, too. Yes. 
Um, there's a lot of stalking. There's a lot. Well, like there's a lot of throwing away birth control. Yeah. Only the ones Leo reads because. Right. I'm like, seriously. No, I, do have, I do have a weird fascination with the breeding kink. I don't know what it is. I don't know why, but I do like them. We know. We know. Amanda, what's anyway. a green flag in romance, but a red flag in real life? Kidnapping. Kidnapping. Obviously. Yeah. I think I have, I have some others. If he's cutting you off from your family and saying you can't be talking to those people anymore. He only does it for her own good, though. You know, that's separation of the herd. That's a classic sign of abuse. <laughs> but green flag in romance. Yes. Yes, please. Okay. So um, as we do with every episode, we now need to give you these book recs. We need to talk about some of our favorite antiheroes, villains, morally great characters um, that keep us coming back and the authors that write them. Um, so are we going to follow the rules that I wrote out in my Wait, thesis? You wrote rules? What were the rules? No, I gave you like descriptors in my thesis of all of these character oh, types. I but we're not... and I have already followed the rules. Oh, yeah, okay. Okay, but that's <laughs> what I was going to say is if you... Putting it on here. I will not be, be, like, grading you if you classify someone as a villain and I really think they're more of an anti-hero is what I'm yeah, trying to say. You won't be judging okay. us, though. I... Right. <laughs> haughty derision. Default. Um. Okay. So let's just start with the morally gray. So okay. in this realm, if we go with what I described, Morley Gray is going to be the least of the bad guys, then the villain, and then the anti-hero. Um, I wouldn't say my Morley Grays were the least of the bad guys. Okay. Then are they anti-heroes? My anti-heroes yes. are the least of the bad guys. How can your anti-heroes be the least? She did not follow the rules. She didn't follow. Anti-heroes will have no redemption arc. They have zero redeemable qualities at the end of their book. Okay, well, then I'll just swap my my status there. (laughs) And villains are going to have a redemption arc. They're going to maybe kill less. Well, my villains are, my villains are definitely villains because, but my villains, they're like villains in other books and like their book is their redemption arc. That's fine. That's fine. That's fine. Okay, so let's start with the morally gray. <sighs> the least of the bad guys or oh, bad fine. characters. Um, here, let me swap my notations here. <laughs> Amanda, kick us off. Give us two or three of your morally gray heroes. Tell us the book, the author, and the, a little bit about the character. Okay. Um, my first one is Vipers and Virtuosos. That's by Sam R. Miller. It is book two in her Monsters and Muses series. The character is Aiden James. Um, he's a rock star. And I think he is probably the, him and maybe one other are the only two in that series that are actually morally gray versus anti-heroes. Um, but Aiden is a rock star and he meets his heroine Riley at a party and um, they end up hanging out together a little bit. And then she actually has to run away due to circumstances and um, he's obsessed with her. So he finds her and stalks her and um, does some stuff to her lotion. Um, But he's not, you have to read it. He's not, he's not not an anti-hero. He's not involved in any kind of nefarious um, acts. He just becomes obsessed and stalks her and, so, so they, does uh, things to her lotion. Work. Are we thinking like um, something about lotion? Mary lotion, hair gel kind of type things? Yes. Yes. Oh. Kind of. Yeah. Uh-huh. Ooh. And um Hello, never tells her, never life. tells her, and she breaks out in a rash and he never tells her why. Um still doesn't know. So it's a it's a whole like it's a whole, it's a whole situation. I can't like it's I, I read that book and I was like, I finished it and I was like, I don't like him, but I'm pretty sure that I love him. 
Fair. And I can't explain it. Can't explain it. Still can't explain it. Um, okay, yeah. give us another morally gray. Uh, <laughs> Unless you want to so, take a moment, and we can make Jenny. No, 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 no. I can. I can keep going. Go. Um, I'll just do. I'll do one. I know that somebody doesn't have. Um, I have heart of heart of Obsidi obsidian by Nalini Singh. Um, that's in her side changeling series. And so throughout the series, um, they kind of mentioned Caleb Krychek, who's, he's like a high level, what they call a psi. So he has like mental powers and whatever. And he's kind of lurking around in the background and nobody really knows what's going on. He's like, um, kind of like the boogeyman. But then when you finally get to his book, you find out that he's doing things behind the scenes to kind of save their, um, people from falling apart or whatever. So without going into too many details, that's a long series, but he's, he's one of the better characters in that series. And he's a complete fool for his heroine. Okay. Um, okay. We'll come back. Come back in. Good. Jenny, what do you got for morally gray? Um, the Tarnish Empire series by Shane Rose. <clears throat> that includes, uh, Shattered Vows, Fractured Freedom, and Corrupted Chaos, um, and all the main character, like male characters in that series, I would describe as morally gray because um, I think not Corrupted really... Chaos. Don't you think he's a little bit of a villain? A little bit. It does. I mean, I struggled with the rules, but I mean, yeah. they're they're all doing things that aren't quite legal, but. They, like they have a reason for yeah they have a reason for doing them that might not be so bad okay got another one um beautifully cruel um duet by jt geisinger that's um liam and killian black um and if you read oh. the series you yeah because yeah they're twins and they play both sides yeah 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 that's because they're they're seeking revenge for something they are and the revenge gives purpose but it's shady af right and they they definitely yeah work both sides of the system it's so funny jenny because i do not think of you loving morally great characters and i know you like that duet but that book's a lot bonkers okay jenny has a dark side she just pretends to be a good girl um leah do you got some morally great people for us i do um so trent lawson from al jackson's give me a reason he definitely toes the line of right and wrong but he he is very like he's an intense guy he does what he has to for the people that he cares about and his like family is family first and always family first, but he just honestly, like I think every male that Amy writes might be in that morally gray realm. Well, I had her I don't forget me tomorrow, which was her, her writer writer, the newest one. Yeah. Cause he, although her new book, I don't know. He, I mean, he's, he's a cinnamon roll according to her and he's law enforcement. And he's law enforcement. So like, but even like in her, I think it's her I don't remember which series it is but she has a a police officer and it's the third book in the series but he's definitely morally gray like he's not a, I mean, he's by the book but he's not at the same time so Amy definitely toes that morally yeah. gray line with her heroes um and then I have which is interesting um, Amy, if you think about it because I wouldn't classify A.L. Jackson as writing dark romance oh no she no. definitely mm -hmm. writes just contemporary, but there are some darker elements. So if you're listening to this and you're like, eh, I don't read dark romance. It's not my thing. Hold the phone. Well, you can see these kinds of characters in contemporary stories. Actually, all of my morally grays are more contemporary. Okay. What you got next? Um, so my, my next one is actually, it's Rebecca Sharp. It's In Too Deep. It's part of her Winter Game series, and it's Nick Frost. So Nick is this guy who is, he's a partier. He, like, he has a lot of secrets that nobody really knows, like, 
why he is the way he is and that but his storyline he needs somebody to tutor his daughter but you see this other side of him that you're not expecting you like when you're first introduced to this character he's like this really cold standoffish like jerk like they're the snowmaholes or something like that like the that i can't remember what like their moniker is but it's like they're snowmass holes like they're basically the assholes of like the vow or like the mountain but so it just it's i just really like the way that rebecca sharp created his storyline where it's like he's this he has this almost persona that he shows everybody else and it is him but it's not him at the same time um so with his heroine and his daughter like you see just this vastly different side to him so for Morley Gray, I actually have a heroine, um, Hacker by Sawyer Bennett, BB, is Morley Gray. Mm-hmm. She is, you know, a hacker and doing things for the ultimate good, but she definitely functions within the gray mm-hmm. um, of, of that realm, that world. Um another morally gray so this was really funny as i was thinking about this and i was trying to think of heroines and how we would classify a morally gray heroine and if you think of daisy from the great gatsby she's Mm -hmm. morally gray Yeah. yeah um and so i was trying to think of like who's a daisy like character and the more i thought about it the more i thought about Antihero by Sarah Kate. Sage in that book <laughs> is a daisy. And if we start breaking that book down a little bit, that book is almost a Gatsby retelling. Oh. Like if you yeah. start picking apart at the different pieces of that book and how she layers that story, it's a Gatsby retelling. And Daisy is very much a morally gray heroine. Um, and so for that book, it was Sage. Her name is Sage, and she is, um, you know, yeah. working in the gray and doesn't, it's not necessarily for bad, but it's definitely self serving. Um, okay. To let's, we'll come back. We'll come back around. Is it, well, before, let's, before we move on to the next one, does anybody have any other morally gray characters they really need to get out into the world? I have one, and I think it's just because they're both morally gray. It's Deceptive Night by Sienna Snow. That's book three in her Streakings series. And Ray and Lenny are both very morally gray. Yeah, um, I had Nick from oh, okay. from Dangerous King yeah. as being morally gray, because he is definitely... And I think reading that whole series, like all of the heroes and heroines are all kind of morally gray. Yeah. If they're all they're all working under the radar for something else kind of against the system. So I think that's a really good series if you want to get like both, you know, hero and heroine morally gray. Yeah, because if you think about Nick's heroine too, she's kinda working outside the Mm -hmm. system. And it's funny that you think of like because I was gonna give this at the very end but the dylan sisters duet by bryn asher and layla frost like both the hero and the heroine like all four of them are like morally gray like dabble in the anti-hero realm but it's like all four of them have like this agenda almost of like how their lives are supposed to go but that is an excellent duet Um, Okay, so let's go on to our villains, because with a villain, we are going to see a redemption arc. They are going to, they might not change completely, but something is going to change in how they function in the world now that they have found love. So it could be something as simple as they were a man whore and then had a redemption arc. So for an example, I don't know if many of us have read this one. Uh, Vicious Vow by Sarah Bale, Odin Villaf. Is that how you say mm-hmm. it? He is a villain. He is a true villain. 
He is holding the daughter hostage while marrying and sleeping with the mother. It only happens a couple times, though, so it makes it okay. (laughs) It's okay. Um, But there is a redemption arc. That's basically what he says. Because he finally kicks the mother to the curb and stays with the daughter. Um, Oh, yeah, he's a villain. He's just a villain. Like, and he's an asshole. But it's delightful. There's not a lot of redeemable qualities. Um, no. for him. Okay, so that's just an example. But uh, Leah, we'll go to you. Give us, give us a couple villains. Okay, so I have um, Dmitri Romanov from oh, The it. Bastard's Bargain by Katie Robert. So this is one oh, of that's those one we just added last I minute. I know it was. You guys didn't think of him right away, did you? Because honestly, he was one of the first. I said his name I was of. Ivan. <laughs> Yeah, and Becky and I were talking about this earlier because I was like, I, I was trying to put Who's a different Ivan? one on there. There's no Ivan. There's, there's not. There's no Ivan. Yeah. <laughs> so she, throughout this series, like, you do not like this character. Like, he is he is a shitster. He is, like, pushing buttons. He is creating He's the first chaos. villain I ever fell in love with. And then she gives us his book, and he is a wonderfully crafted character that you just really really enjoy by the end of his book so it's a good one um and then i also have um darkest before dawn by maya banks the villain is hancock again he is a character who throughout the series which you just you don't like him like he like the wheels are turning he is creating bad things like he is pushing buttons but then you get to his story and you're like, oh, I don't know if I, I don't know if I'm going to like him. And you still aren't sure if you like him by the end of his book, but you do understand him. But yeah, so he is a really good one too. He is a really good one. That was a good one. Amanda, what do you got for villains? Okay, I'm going to go outside of contemporary. I'm going to lean a little more towards fantasy for my villains because I, I think um the majority of the villains that I love are probably in fantasy or paranormal. That's okay. And my first one, I'm going to shout out to Stacy because I know she's actually rereading um, the Kate Daniels series right now. But mine is Hugh Dambray. He's actually the villain in Alona Andrews' Kate Daniels series. And he's terrible. Like, he's terrorizing Kate the entire time, um, going after her and her family and Curran and his pack um, of shifters. And then you go through, I think there are like nine books in that series and he's, he's terrible the whole time. And then she spins off into iron and magic, which actually turns out to be his book. And after he's just fallen apart, after he's kind of, he and his Roland are defeated in the Kate Daniels books, then he kind of gets his own story where he's with a, a white witch and, it's it's just a, it's a it's a whole redemption thing because the whole time you're reading it like like he's an ass in the first series but you're also kind of attracted to him because you know he was kind of raised from a small boy into being this preceptor of the iron dogs which is just like he leads an army of like people trying to like run over other people and i don't know it's he's probably my favorite dylan okay do you have another one um yes um jared adler from olivia wildenstein's feather so that's actually a trilogy and it's about angels and the angels are supposed to pick sinners and bring up their sinner bring down their sinner score so that they can get feathers to basically ascend to heaven at some point Interesting. so jared is what's known as a triple so he has 100 points he's like the worst sinner out there he leads the Parisian mafia like his score never gets better and Lee who's the angel trying to bring it down so she can get her full wings um they fall in love and it's um I'm not spoiling it because it says it right on the blurb but this is a Romeo Juliet retelling and he doesn't get his you know he doesn't complete his character arc until the end of book three and all kinds of things happen and it's another really good one okay Sounds interesting. Jenny, what are your villains? I struggled <clears throat> I struggled with the villains because they had to redeem redeem themselves, right? Right. So um 
sins of a king, which is sins book number one. Um, there's eight books by Emma Slate. Um, he is the male main character for books one through three. Um, Flynn Campbell, um, and he's in the mob, but she kind of like gets him to be a cleaner mob guy, if that's a thing. <laughs> you know, some things are legal. I mean, sure. So he changes some of his ways. Again, I really struggled with these. Like, I realized that, like, if I read a bad guy, like, I want them to stay bad. Oh my God, that's so funny. Um, <laughs> do you have another one? Um, Not So Prince Charming by Lauren Langwish, Landish. Um, Gabriel Jackson, he's like sent to kill her mm. and has like a sketchy past. Okay. Um, and then they fall in love. Um, so Penelope Sky, she pretty much writes antiheroes, but in her lesser series, it's a three book trilogy, all of her couples get three books. That's just how Penelope Sky writes. So the lesser series, the hero is a villain. Um, he runs a blood diamond company and he is the financer for all of the mobs in Europe. And um, but his redemption arc comes in that he saves the heroine from whose brother who is the head of all the sex trafficking in Europe. And he well, also nice of him. It right, but he's also <laughs> at war with his brother. And in the end of book three, he forgives his brother. Well. So <laughs> it's you know. I thought it was going to be a little Cain and Abel, but it wasn't. There was like forgiveness and a group hug. It was delightful. Um, and her books do not have any consent. So if consent is important for you, do not read Penelope Sky. Um, another villain that I think, I think these are villains, is Zoe Blake, the Cavalry Billionaires series. Mm -hmm. These are I villains. Villains. Yeah. They're villains. They're morally also gray no villains. Um, but in the end, they all kind of try to stay on the straight and narrow. They kind of redeem themselves. I'd say they stay more in the dark gray as in the light gray. But they do have some redemption. They do. Like yes, I think I about agree. book two, um, the what is that one? Sins of the Suns? Mm -hmm. I think that you know he redeems himself. He helps save her and protect her. So well, and he he sees the error of his ways, and he murders people for her. He does. I mean, come on, that's redemption. It's true. Um, I don't think I have any. Well, I have several other villains, but the Den of Sin uh, duet by Renee Rose and Alta Hensley Armando. He's sent to kill the heroine. And he doesn't. he doesn't. Because he falls in love. He falls in love. There's lots of kidnapping and tying up and. Like good tying up or just tying up? Well, you know, everybody Over should have sex with handcuffs. <laughs> um, okay, so let's get to the worst of the worst. The anti-hero. The men who are going to do bad. But boy, do they love their heroines. And they're going to keep doing bad. Mm -hmm. So, Jenny, kick us off here. Who are your um, anti-heroes? Simple Crown by Ava Harrison, Gideon Bine. He, um, he kidnaps the heroine. She escapes. He kidnaps her again. Um kills multiple people throughout the time that she is uh, kidnapped and really does not ever change his ways. Um, he, even like his reasoning for kidnapping her is a little sketchy. So yeah, he's anti-hero. Okay. Um, Road to Fire um, by Maria Lewis, the heroine 
Ilza Quinn, um, this is not like a spoiler because it's on the blurb. She kills the king. Okay. And she is ready to like burn the whole country down for her her purpose. Mm-hmm. Okay. It's a good one. Leah, who do you got for anti-heroes? Um, so I have all of Jagger Cole's heroes because it was hard to like narrow down because he writes all like anti-heroes who gives hero fucks like they do not change like from page one to page 201 like they like they adapt for their heroine but like their behaviors don't change like they are they just do what they are gonna do and damn anyone who gets in their way what else do you have for anti-hero um so i have lachlan duke from until i get you by claire Contreras. lachlan also is one of those ones where he is going to do what he wants to do like the nhl contract be damned like yeah, he he never apologizes for what he does. He does either. not apologize for a single thing that he does, right or wrong. Like he is who he is and he's going to do what he's going to do and he's going to get his girl. And then he's going to like annihilate her because he's mad, but it's going to be okay cuz but then he will take care of her because people did her did her dirty they did yeah so he's he's a good one but he's like burning the world oh he's gonna burn the world down yeah and then some amanda who do you have for anti-heroes okay so my first one is dante salvatore from the anti-heroes in love duet by gianna darling um i read three cheating books to get to this hero so because they had to be read in order so i rage read those three books to get to this duet um and that will tell you how much i love this man he is so his heroine is elena and the people in the cheating book are her sister and her ex so she finally gets her man who is dante and he is head of the mob faction, I forget they call it something else, in New York from their Sicilian, from his like Sicilian counterparts. Um, and he is unapologetic. He kills people and she's his attorney. Um, and he just, he gives zero anything, like thoughts about just anything other than making her happy and taking over as head of this mob faction in New York. And he's just, it was like 1200 pages of just complete like assholery that I was, I couldn't get enough of. You were there for So Yeah. Okay. What else do you got for villains or anti-heroes? Um, I'm going to go, I'm going to go with a heroine. Well, anti-heroine, I guess. So it's Evie Westerly from Emily McIntyre's Wretched. So that's the um, like Wizard of Oz kind of retelling and she is the wicked witch of the west her last name's westerly but she's actually the mastermind behind a street drug and she has no plans to stop um she still keeps going um it's about kind of like her weeding out people in her family and in her organization that are just kind of out to get her and then she corrupts the dea agent assigned to her nick who's her hero in this book and yeah there's no redemption and it's fantastic um amanda you remember how i was telling you that there there was an fbi agent that was trying to like turn the heroine and all that oh is that the one you were trying to think of no it's a jocelyn soto book oh that's part in her cartel her vicious uh union series anyway that's where it was thank you you now made me remember (laughs) um that'll be next up on your list of jobs to do i'm ready (laughs) um okay so anti-heroes so i will say butcher and blackbird by bren weaver which is a popular book that's out right now i just recently read this rowan and sloan are both 
anti-heroes. They are murderers of serial killers. They're going to keep on murdering to murder. That That is not changing who they are. Um, so that's a really great example of what we mean with anti-hero. Um, another really great anti-hero, uh, Joey from Sadie Kincaid. She is just starting her journey into anti-heroism. She wants... Oh, but she, she, like, takes the reins and runs. Yeah, she wants in on the family business. She does not want to be the simpering female on the... Um, on the sidelines watching things, she wants to reign and cause mayhem and chaos. So um, there's that. And let's see here. Do I have any others that absolutely. So Jenny, did you move on to book four in the ML Philpit series? That's the Rapunzel retelling. Yeah. I'm on book six. Are both of those two anti-heroes in that book and book four? Mm-hmm. Well, do they, they retain themselves? I put all of those characters, all of them, female, male, all of them in the morally gray. All of them in the morally gray. Because they're still operating within all of that. Yeah. After they get their HEA. Um, and I would say every hero within the perfectly imperfect series by Neva Alta, they are all anti-heroes. Oh, no yeah. one has a redemption arc in that series. No. I don't think so. No. I mean, they're psychos. They scoop eyeballs. Like, they burn things to the ground on purpose. Yeah. Yeah. Well, in Kylie Kent, she has a couple heroines. Um, Angelica, who is part of the original Valentine. Like, she... Like, she enjoys the kill. I mean... And her daughter, Izzy, who is the one who is supposed to stab her Russian dude. She's an anti-heroine as well i would say although she does feel bad for stabbing him she does not feel bad for other things that she does though are there any other books we didn't mention that absolutely we should have on this list if you're making a anti-villain uh or a villain anti-hero or morally gray (laughs) if you're making a tbr of chaos is there anyone that should be on there i feel like that's what this tbr is this is the tbr of chaos it's delightful, though. It really is. I had um, Leo Morelli from Beast of Bishop's Landing. Mm-hmm. Oh. One for my anti-hero. I had Winston Constantine from yeah. the Skyscraper Cinderella series. I think you could probably just put that whole, you could do that whole, like, Midnight Dynasty. Like, yeah. They're all definitely there. morally gray, yeah. and more of them are villains than are, because they do have a redemption arc in those mm-hmm. books. Not yeah. many of them stay anti-hero. I don't think Winston has yeah. a redemption arc. Do you think don't Leo you think has a because, redemption arc? Well, don't you think in Winston, don't you think he does because he um, he protects her and changes her. He doesn't just keep using her. Mm, but I wouldn't say overall Well, but he's he more accepting of like his family and his place in the family. Yeah, I guess. I think he's kind of kind. He's nicer to Percy. That's true. He is. Um, and Leo, you know, while he still is angry and mad, he's definitely more involved in the family after mm-hmm. his, the end of his book. Yeah, but I mean, I think the family is not exactly good. So I don't That's why That's I think true. they're more like <laughs> villains. Because he does have I'd a say, redemption arc. Yeah. Leo is not the okay. same character. Yeah, and when because he because he's holding her hostage. When he pops up in other that. books, he's definitely softer. Softer. Okay, I'll change him to villain on my list. Don't, would, but don't would read Midnight Own, Defy, or any of those. Don't read those. No, no, don't Play. do that. Those were bad. Okay, guess what time it is? It's that time. It's that time. Uh, book. Book uh, of uh, the week. week. Book of the week time. Leah, you're up first. Um, My book of the week is... Actually, I have two, so because I couldn't decide. So I have Savage Little Games by Lane Hart. It is book one in her Sins of Mafia series. Like, you need to read this book. It is amazing and wonderful. And like, new kinks are unlocked. And it's just, they're older characters. 
but it just is very well done. And also Possessive Heart by Brighton Walsh. This is book, I think it's book five in this series, this family series. It is the sister's book and it is brother's best friend. Um, he's an NHL player. He has a dirty, dirty mouth, people. But it's really well done in the way they, he pines, she pines. There's mutual pining. It makes sense. And it just is very well done. Okay. Um, who's uh, um Jenny? Since you're tagging in for Heather, sorry. Surprise, surprise! Mine is the Sound in Silence by M.L. Sulpit. I'm reading very slowly, but I'm getting there. This is book five in the Fractured Fairy Tales. It's the Little Mermaid retail retelling, and it it was not at all what I thought it was going to be. It was very good, but it was not the story you thought it was going to be. Right. I love it when that happens. Yes, me too. Amanda, what's your book of the week? Okay, I'm still down my Aurora Rose Reynolds rabbit hole. Um, so my book of the week was Before We Fall, which is oh, book sweet. one in her um, Before series. Um, and it kind of it ties into her until him, her series. It is Miles and Miranda. And they get together Tucker. because Tucker, Tucker did I say, what did I say? Oh, sorry. I'm waiting on Miles. Miles book See, two. I can't, I'm, I'm ready for Miles. I can't like get it out of my brain. It's okay. So Tucker and Miranda, um, and they're, they get together because they find out that their spouses are cheating on them with each other. So they get together after the fact, um, he's a, she's a single mom and, um, I don't know. I just, I really like that one. I think that's been my favorite in my binge so far from her. So it's a great it's definitely worth book. reading. It's a it great good. book. Um, okay. My book of the week is At First Bite by Olivia Dade. I have not loved the last two books from Olivia Dade. So I went into this hesitantly because it, it is a new series. So I had hoped that her leaving Hollywood behind would be like beneficial and that we would get those stories that I loved in like 40 Love. And I absolutely did. Um, it was a really well-written story. I wasn't quite sure how I was going to feel about it um, because it's a brother's ex romance. But as always, the fat rep was 10 out of 10. Amazing. I love the small town. And the heroine is the ultimate Googler. <laughs> like she will ignore the people in the room so that she can get an answer to a random thought that has popped into her head. Um, and I love I that. I feel that. I, um, I am that person. Yeah. It was just really well done. She was great and quirky, but not weird. Um, mm -hmm. And they are absolute rivals. Like they could be enemies. These two could almost be enemies. Uh, because she has she has some hatred for the hero. Um, but it was just it was really well done and I really enjoyed that story. So that's book of the week. Okay, we're on to our next new segment. Can you guess the book based on our quote? Uh, each week we share a quote from a recent or popular buzzing about romance read. You have the chance to email us your guess at quote at buzzingaboutromance.com. We'll announce the correct guess on next week's show. So last week, which was our aliens, monsters, and bonkers episode, the quote was, and then I went to weep to think I haven't dressed properly for alien abduction. Amber emailed me almost instantly uh, <laughs> to let me know that it was from Ice Planet Barbarians book one. Um, so that was last week's quote. No one has still guessed the week, the quote from the week before about um, olives and pineapple. Seriously? Seriously. I've not had one email about that. I'm disappointed in you. All of you. I was going to say, like, this, you should have some judgingness here. I do. Um, this week's quote is, For me, she exists in a place without rules or reason, because without her, nothing else matters. So, if you know what book that is from, 
feel free to email us. Quote at buzzingaboutromance.com. We'll announce the winner next week. Um, Patreon update. Because you loved that so much last week. My gosh. I thought I would keep it. That's the worst. If I cannot get voice effects, you are going to get weird talk from me. I mean, that's fair. So it's Mike Burrier's fault. So it's Mike Burrier's fault. Um, celebrating one year in the hive in the month of February is Patty and Aaron. We are so grateful to have you as a part of the hive. Celebrating two years, EE, Karen, and Jen Ellen. Yay. Jen Ellen's first event with us ever was the Galentine's Day that Nikki did our bartending class. Oh, we were so and she has stuck around. Oh my God. We were so drunk that so night. Wow. I was so drunk. Wasted. That was a that was a rough night. Um yep. it was really a great night, a rough next day. Yes. <laughs> um, and celebrating three years in the hive is Rachel. Um Yay. Swag packs are headed out this week, so I'm excited to share that our swag pack sponsoring authors for February 2024 are Brenda Rothert, Melanie Moreland, and Calla Riley. Swag packs go out to Fancy Drinks, Cold Brew, and Queen Bee Tier, and we still have fun buzzing about romance exclusive stickers, mood reading cards, and other fun things. These are mailed monthly around the 10th of the month. Excuse me. And we do ship these internationally. This perk is mailed just once monthly. If you join after the 10th, your first swag pack will be mailed the following month. All members of Patreon get exclusive episodes along with perks like Buzzing Book Club. You can find a list of all events at bookcaseandcoffee.com slash events, including happy hours, IG lives, and book club. If you are listening to this before February 9th, we are recording live February 9th for our Sunday episode. Because the Super Bowl is February 11th and people need to watch the Super Bowl. I don't get it. Whatever. Uh Um, Other things to note. If you are not part of our Facebook group, the Romance Book Hive, you absolutely are going to want to join that. Because over the course of the 9th, the 10th, and the 11th of February, we have tons of authors dropping in throughout those three days. Um, Giving away books, book money, swag it's really going to be a good time we're going to drop in and drop away and give away some stuff um also if you are watching us right now on youtube make sure you like and subscribe i am back on february 8th with happy hour and author hannah bonham young and we are celebrating the traditional pub release of her book next of kin so There's so much stuff going on. If you do not subscribe to our newsletter, make sure you hop over to the website and subscribe to the newsletter because February and March are going to be amazing. And we have been sending out newsletters every Friday. So we are doing better with that. We we, we are. We we are making an effort. We're making an effort. It's going really well. Um, Anyway, thank you everybody for joining me for this episode and all of the chaos of villains anti-hero and morally gray it's always a good time until next time everybody happy reading everybody find us on instagram at buzzing about romance or on twitter at buzzing romance if you like the podcast please leave a review If you'd like to support us directly, join the Bookcase and Coffee Patreon and receive exclusive content only available to Patreon members. Check out bookcaseandcoffee.com for our on-the-shelf show notes.